With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. You know, I recently actually won uh, a lot of money on DraftKings. Uh, I bet that... uh, Tom Brady would get unbelievably and undeservedly lucky in a Super Bowl <laughs> or a big game in general. So wow. make that make that bet every time. How much did you win? Uh, just millions of dollars. <laughs> I'm just gonna bet at every game. Just just enormous. Like Tom Brady's gonna get an enormous break, and there's still gonna be a you know a horseshoe shoved firmly up his ass. But DraftKings. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to also become a millionaire like me, uh, use DraftKings. So this week's jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf. And DraftKings has plenty of ways to have a front-row seat for you to have a front-row seat for all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Wow, excitement to every night and simple to do. Sounds like my kind of night. Uh <laughs> Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up like Taylor. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, $2 billion of which has gone to Taylor, to users across sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. That stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. You're darn right it does. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And we're very excited to welcome a reoccurring guest, we'll say. First time this season, uh, back to the podcast, our our good friend Chris Ostrander. You may know him on Twitter uh, as Two in the Box. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here. Appreciate the invite. We were just saying uh, before we started recording, we actually had recorded with Chris a year ago uh, right around like this week and then ended up seeing each other at a Sabres game, which I'm assuming was probably a loss. Um, yes. just no, I, was Did it they when was it the Columbus game? Am I mistaken? Mm. Didn't they, didn't they win in overtime? I don't know the game. It would have been, I could, I could take a shot if I looked at the schedule, but <laughs> I feel like it would have been a loss. No, that's probably right. I yeah. mean like 60%. 60% chance it's right over when the past decade. Like, when was the Nashville game when they they beat Nashville? Was that in the spring? It all bled together, I, mean, I feel yeah, like. I was yeah, going to – I do. Like the beginning of last year, like, the January to March of, of hockey now just, like, blends totally together in my mind at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Could have been whenever, really. But, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how things have been going uh, at Two in the Box before we hop into talking some Sabres? 
Well, jeez. Uh, well, we're one of the one of the many Sabers podcasts to get a manscaped uh, outreach. I don't know if you guys refer to <laughs> Same that here, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not the only one. I feel like it was like, oh, cool, manscaped reach out. That's fun. And then like I saw like every other podcast also. <laughs> so we, uh, so we when we got it last year, like the lawnmower 3.0 ad read. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. We're probably one of the only people that have this. And then I was watching literally a YouTube channel, nothing to do with sports. It was a horror movie channel. And the host had the exact same script as us. Yeah. So, okay. I guess they treat all their girls like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was I was like, oh cool. Like we, we finally made it. And I was like, oh no, everyone else made it too. So hey man, welcome to the club. Exactly. We've all made it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're we're up there with all the, the serious podcasts, right? That's but, right. Yeah, no, we're uh you know, having every year I'm like, I gotta write more and then like the sabers kind of stink and it just turns into okay, maybe I'll write tomorrow, but um yeah. i'm thinking about doing something you know i want to write something on like akposo and just how they're i feel like they're misusing the opportunity to put him on the, the taxi squad you know but you know we've been doing the podcast and you know post a post an article every now and then but you know just plugging away with the podcast so many conversations just happen on twitter now that kind of falling into that that old right. thing just, you talk to people on twitter you can share thoughts that way and save yourself the blog i guess but uh, the website suffers as a result, but well, the podcasting has been killing it as always. So I appreciate that. Of course, man. Absolutely. So while we're talking about uh, the Sabres sucking and Kyle Opozo, let's just jump right in then. So again, folks, as I had said uh, two episodes ago on the heels of a commanding victory against the offensive powerhouse, that is the New Jersey devils, the Sabres cup hopes are alive and well, right, Chris? Well, I mean, geez, if, if they hadn't, if they hadn't laid those eggs last week, you might, we might be having a slightly different conversation. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just having the, those, you know, those three losses that they had um, being unable to score. It just, it, it probably, I mean, honestly, probably tanked the season. It, it probably just put them, they, they're probably going to be, you know, what are they nine points out or seven points out right now? Just yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just, it, it that's going to be a tough hill to climb when everyone's playing each other. You know, the, the games in hand don't matter as much this year because everyone's going to cannibalize each other. So I guess, you know, maybe you hope that, you know, this is something I had, I'd mentioned at the top of the season was maybe you hope like Boston and Washington or Boston, Philly, whoever it is, those two teams just beat everyone. They run out to a huge lead up at the top of the division. You hope that the rest, the rest of the pack is able to, to stay within, you know, kind of firing range of each other. But I just, I mean, I think they're in trouble that that COVID break, their shooting percentage and and then just being flat coming out of the two weeks just it's just seems like it all it's conspired against them well yeah. and on top of that i just wanted to quickly ask your thoughts chris i think the other thing now that's a little bit more recent though is uh half of the defensemen who were playing well this season are out for the rest of the season mm-hmm. uh, jake mccabe i don't think we had, that had just come out i believe a day or two ago that he had torn his acl and mcl and so he's on the shelf now for about eight months uh, Ristolainen, as we had previously talked about, and as everybody pretty much knows, has been just getting the hell beat out of him from uh, from the coronavirus, and so we don't know if we'll see him back. But judging by how rough it's been on him, I would be surprised if we see him again. And then most recently, again, Will Borgen was uh, recently announced, I believe, to be out six to eight weeks, and that uh, you know presumably will put him on the shelf for the rest of the season as well. So. With that being said, uh, on top of all of the other holes that you had mentioned previously, do you think that 
is there any hope that they would be able to overcome the injuries on defense? Because that's, it, it's a pretty glaring hole now at this point. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, I, and I think, you know, it's, there's a few different interesting avenues here. One, one being that Ristolainen was playing probably the best hockey of his career. You know, he, he was mixing his physical game with, with good decision-making when in the past, it hasn't always been the case. And, the the McCabe versus Linen pair was was really strong, and it it certainly seemed like they were going to at least be a reliable pairing for the Sabers. Whether or not they led to victories, you know that obviously was kind of a little bit 50-50 before the the coronavirus break. But you lose arguably your 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 top defensive pair in Ristolainen and now McCabe, and then Borgen, who was you know only got a few games but was a really a pleasant surprise and and obviously a player who a lot of fans at least have been hoping to see sooner than they have. But, you know, so you have a guy like Ristolainen who finally maybe came out of his shell, I guess, after 500 games, but the guy who was most logical to replace him and Will Borgen now goes on the shelf too. And so now they're left with, with Matt Irwin and uh, Brennan Davidson getting into the, in the lineup on a fairly regular basis. Jacob Bryson got recalled and, and acquitted himself pretty well against the devils, but, you know, what his long-term impacts are going to be, you know, you never know. It sure would be nice if the Sabres for once, like since like probably like that, that year that Ennis, Felino, and Stafford caught fire, like it would be nice if the Sabres could have a recall of a guy who just goes on a tear, um, you know, over an abbreviated period. So maybe that's Bryson. I don't know, but I mean, short of making a trade, I, I just think they're going to have to hobble, hobble along with this defense core and I'd, doesn't feel sustainable, but. Yeah, it, it is kind of frustrating because I think like this time last year, we would have thought like no great loss for both Ristolainen and McKay, but like both of them have played so much better. And like Bryson is obviously someone um, I'm kind of excited to see what he's like, but the rest of the defensive core, like just if nothing else happens, you're going to have Dowling and Miller, obviously, and you'll have Montour. And if you want to throw Bryson out there, but besides that, it's going to be like, do they have to play Davidson and Irwin like kind of regularly? Like, mm-hmm. is there anyone that you think they could target potentially to kind of fill that gap? I don't know if they're interested or not, but like, if they were, is there anyone in the league? You know, I'm trying to think back, you know, like I know, you know, obviously Brandon Montour was reported as being available by Elliot Friedman, whether or not that remains to be the case. Now that Oregon's out, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that whoever, whoever leaked that information or reported that information to Friedman reported it before Borgen's injury was official. Right. Cause it, it would only be logical that if they were confident in Borgen, that they would be able to move one of their righties. Cause they still had, even with Ristolainen and hurt, they had three right-handed defensemen. Um, so ar- arguably top six right-handed defensemen. So like, I know Victor Mete's name was out there at the beginning of the season as a guy, the, the Canadians maybe were moving on from or like, maybe considering moving on from, but like, I don't feel like there's been a whole lot of rumor going around yet. And it's not like it's early in the season, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's not trade deadline season either. So we're not going to hear a lot of guys who are, who are being shopped, but just, you know, off the top of my head, you know, Mete comes to mind just because, you know, Montreal just fired Julianne and uh, Kirk Muller got fired too. So obviously, you know, the potential for them to have a shakeup is there. And then, I mean, everyone, I guess you, you could probably go down cap friendly and kind of pick and choose guys off rosters who might, who might be, you know, guys you could fetch, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have much appetite for them claiming Luke Shen. I don't know about you guys, but 
No. It doesn't feel like a solution. Yeah, like Davidson wasn't very good when he got in the game, and Irwin wasn't very good when he got in the game, or when he's been in the games at least. You know, he had a couple couple decent um, starts. But, man, aside from recalling Samuelson or – Casey Fitzgerald, who I don't, I don't think that's a solution either. Like, yeah, you, you almost think they'd have to almost cook something up and, and, you know, and really go fetch a guy that no one's been talking about. So I, I'm just trying to think of someone off the top of my head, like on, on a team that might be considering making a move, but like David Savard, maybe, you know, he's pretty good. Columbus isn't out of the playoff race, so they're not going to want to move somebody, but you know, maybe you, overpay I guess you'd say to get a guy like Savard who who maybe would be deemed expendable I don't think that's a guy that Columbus would want to move necessarily but I guess you know maybe that's something that could be worked out but well yeah that it is interesting that it we had Casey Nelson for like 11 years 11 Mm -hmm. years give or take Mm -hmm. and it's like there was never a time when they needed him yeah but if ever there was it is funny that the year that he opts out and retires from hockey after, you know, being treated in much in the same way that we've seen Borgen treated, where it's just like ready to break through, or at least ready to be evaluated on, on a bigger picture and never really getting the opportunity. This is, you know, the year that he probably would have gotten some playing time and, and now, you know, he's now he's gone, but. Yeah. And I mean, I guess another guy we should probably bring up is Lawrence pilot who they also treated mm-hmm. Uh, in a pretty stupid and unfair fashion and another guy they could absolutely use now and would absolutely be getting playing yeah. time and probably impressing a lot of people. But uh, unfortunately he's playing in Europe because they didn't value him. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there it's, it's such a, it's really become a pattern with them. Of, uh, you know, and there are guys who, who just didn't make it, you know, like I would say Justin Bailey, Nick Baptiste never necessarily got a really, really great look as prospects, but they were always stuck behind, you know, kind of these also rans who, who continue to get contracts, but then yeah, like pilot, I would put Borgen in this group, even though he's, he had a nice start. And then also um, who were we just talking about Case Case Nelson. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, three guys, it's just, you know, in, in another circumstance, maybe in another organization, you're talking about seeing a little bit more of them earlier. It's, it's, it's just one of the many frustrations that the Sabres continue to, uh, to repeat. There's really, unfortunately, a laundry list of guys. I mean, CJ Smith, I think, is another guy, too, who currently on the team, you mm-hmm. know, rather than giving out, you know, $2 million to a guy to play on your fourth line, whether it's, you know, Eakin or Gergensen's. I mean, I know Gergensen's, of course, has value, but again, it's more the theme of not trying to take advantage of not only like prospects and giving them a look, but also the reduced cap hit, too, of having a guy on a two way deal you know, like CJ Smith, who could fill in and be serviceable, like Will Borgen last year too, where you're giving Zach Bogosian minutes, losing new games, and, you know, you have this guy cooking and it gets to a point, same thing with Pilot, you know, it goes down the list. But while we're talking about, you know, bonehead decision-making, I want to ask a very uh, direct question about Ralph Kruger, and it's going to lead into a, a greater discussion. But to be blunt, Chris, if you were GM of the Sabres right now, would you fire Ralph Kruger today? I don't think I'd have the power to fire Ralph Kruger today. That's my, that'd be my answer. I don't know if Kevin Adams has that autonomy, but. Fair enough. Well, should they rather? Like- yeah, I, I was sorry for being purposely coy, but. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, that is such a tough question. So I, you guys, I know we interact on Twitter all the time. Like I, I shared that post I wrote last year 
about like is the Sabres standard at the same standard as all uh, all these other teams? Vegas was a year removed from a cup berth, right, or two years, and they went and fired their coach. You know, it's not that like they were a bad team. The the Canadians are nine five and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, they're not getting much goaltending from Carey Price at the moment, but they went and fired their coaching staff. Like the Sabres don't get much traction year after year, and they they want to play the patience game. So, you know. I will put it this way. I've never been much of a fan of the boost Boudreaux idea. Like I've never like really loved the idea of him as like this great coaching candidate um, since he got fired from, from Washington, because I mean, year after year when he's been fired almost every year, people are like, Oh, he's going to get another job. People are, are silly not to hire him tomorrow. Stuff like that. I've never really been on board with that. And I think of this team as is constructed with the talent that they have, he's a, he'd be a perfect coach for them. So in that respect, I would say you should fire Kruger now and replace him with, with Bruce, Bruce Boudreau. Um, but that is circumstantial. I, I think, you know, the fact that he's a coach that I think could really get a lot out of this group mm-hmm. and whether or not he gets in the playoffs, I don't know, but he would get a lot out of the group. I feel in that respect, I would say, yeah, fire them in that, for that reason. Uh, again, they're, they're just, they're on the verge of having to reset and rebuild. So, you know, what's the point in firing your coach? I don't know. It's just, they're in, they're in so much trouble in so many ways. It's, it's hard to just put it on the coach, but. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, absolutely. I do wonder, so this, this is kind of an open-ended question. So you might have to go off about this for a little while. We've talked about lineup optimization, optimization a lot this year. We talked about it earlier this year, before the season, actually with uh, Kevin at N Trider on Twitter, uh, NT Rider, whatever it is, uh, or Knight Rider. But anyway, we refer to Kevin. It's so yeah, funny. I wish he would figure out what the hell it is. Well, I referred to <laughs> when he was on my podcast, I just said NT Rider. And then like two days later, someone's like, why didn't you just say Knight Rider? And it never occurred to me. So, so we, same yeah. thing. TJ said that to us, TJ Luckman. And we were like, is it Knight Rider? And then we asked him and he was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> Kevin, figure it out, buddy. But anyway, we've talked about lineup optimization with him before the season and why it might not be best to play Eichel with Skinner. Obviously a lot's changed since then, but the lineup, it is kind of interesting because they don't have the line from last year, the log line. In fact, they don't really have any of those guys. If you think of Oposo mm-hmm. as a completely different guy. Uh, so that even the bottom six has changed. And now there's this whole calculus of who you put on what line has kind of changed and now it's like oh poso uh he's really shouldn't probably be in the lineup olafson is great on the power play is he really good at five on five even with eichel should you play reinhardt with eichel hall and stall uh or should you put skinner all these questions pop up cousins even you you spread out the talent you try to have two power lines so what is your thought on how how they should be handling this or at least what would you like to give them see them give a shot to i think at this point they're a two-line team once again and I think that means probably means putting Jeff Skinner back with Eichel and Reinhardt and letting Olofsson hide on a you know at low minutes at five on five the one issue that comes into play is like they want Cody Eakin to be a matchup center and he's not a matchup center if anything he is a fringe production center who if you put him with the right right wingers you could actually like chip in some goals against favorable matchups and it's probably more likely that the lazar line is the matchup line 
regardless if it's Skinner on that left wing, if it's Olofsson, if it's Rasmus Asplund, Casey Middlestadt, who actually I think probably deserves to be there. Um, that's really the their matchup line. And, and I think, first of all, I really like Riley Sheehan. I think he's been a really great find, you, you know, for a team that doesn't do a great job optimizing and finding uh, low value or low cost, high value players. Sheehan, I think has been that for them. And I'm a big Curtis Lazar fan. I probably overrate him, but I think he's been terrific. And so when I look at the way that they're currently constructed, what really needs to happen probably is that the Akposo Eakin reader, reader line needs to see like eight minutes a night, favorable matchups, offensive zone starts, you know, don't get caught against, they're not playing them this year, but don't get caught against Austin Matthews line effectively. Um, that's not what's happening. This coaching staff obviously views them in an entirely different fashion. So you got to balance that. But when I look at the way that they're, they're running right now, Jeff Skinner has done a great job lifting up that, that fourth line with, with Lazar and, and Sheehan. And there's a lot of value in having that line be an effective offensive threat, much in the way that the Larson line was last year. They, I, I really feel that I'm sure the numbers don't, align perfectly but I really feel like that line is as close as as close approximation as you're going to get to that log line from last season as it's constructed Lazar centering Skinner and Sheehan now Victor Olsen is useless at five on five at this point he is a tremendous shooting talent and he is an incredible value to any team that would have him on the power play do you want him to potentially torpedo that Lazar line just so that you can get Jeff Skinner up with Jack Eichel. I would say no. Um, but what I would say is that you put Toby Reader with Lazar and Sheehan, you put Olofsson with Eakin, and if Akposo's stuck in the lineup for whatever the hell reason, they keep putting him on the ice, let those guys play. Like, they can be the C-line from house hockey and get get really sheltered, you know, playing time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that leaves, you know, the Hall, stall. Cousins trio, I think, is right now their strongest group. Wouldn't touch that. And you put Skinner back with Eichel and, and Reinhardt, and you, if you give them a few games to go to go together, maybe you know you, you spark those go, you spark Eichel and Skinner at least. So, I think that's where I sit right now. Uh, you know, I think you could probably, if I really sat down and thought about it, I could find a reason to put Middlestad in over Calic Poso. Um, my reasoning would be I watch the games. I was say, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll use Mike Harrington's favorite stat on that <laughs> one. And um, like, you know, you probably want to see CJ Smith at some point, but I don't, you know, I don't know who you put him in for. So yeah. Like, like a reader Eakin middle stat line seems great. Olofsson, Olofsson, Eakin, Rustalainen sounds great. You know, I think that, you know, if, if you want Eakin to be a little bit more offensive, because that's when he was good for the, for, for Vegas, he had the 20 goal season, right. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had some more offensive help. He had some sheltered usage and, and he was able to, to capitalize because he is a decent shooter. So yeah, maybe you give him an Olsen and a Smith or an Olsen and Rustal line in, and that line becomes a little more dangerous. And then you're not a two line team, but that means you're scratching Akposo, which is, is a cardinal sin it would appear and you're then trying to find a spot for at least toby reader and possibly toby reader and olison so 
you, you know, you're, if you're, re, if you're thinking about recalling one or two guys from Rochester, it's going to throw the lineup into a lot of flux and very, very few NHL teams at all do that sort of thing, let alone, let alone the Buffalo Sabres who have been notoriously conservative with, with calling guys up mm-hmm. who maybe deserve it. So, I mean, even look at Olson, he, he probably would have, should have been up earlier than he ever was. So. Definitely. I actually kind of want to go back to your point about Reinhard Eichel Skinner, because I've been thinking about this for the past week and I, I do want to see that happen as well. Uh, I completely understand the value that Skinner provides to that line with Lazar and Sheehan, but as much as people want to say, you know, I don't care about like how much money he makes, like at the end of the day, in my eyes, at least like that does matter. Like, if my $9 million like left winger is not scoring goals, I need to do something yeah. that will get him like starting to score goals. You know? Yeah. This is not, this is not a Kyle poster situation where right. he was in a life threatening situation. He had a career altering injury, which obviously has affected him progressively each season. Like he's gotten slower. His processing just isn't there. He's a different player than he ever was before he got hurt. And I would go so far as to say he was pretty effective for them before that concussion like oh, he was yeah. a decent he was a he was a decent offensive threat he was an all-star yeah well yeah seriously right yeah, yeah in 2016 2017 yeah. he was an all-star his first yeah. year that's right I, I forgot about that um yeah like this is totally different situation in my opinion now Akposo should sit. he should be on the taxi squad they should be banking that cap room it's like the most what, obvious extra, thing right if he goes on the taxi squad do they open up i think they get a million it's one one million one point zero seven five so oh, it's okay. one million seven seventy five thousand gotcha. um because it's it's like the 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 max entry level hit it's a goofy mm-hmm. formula it's like nine hundred thousand plus something or six fifty plus another i don't know it's yeah. weird it's it's like a million bucks so um and anyone over that cap hit, that's your your max uh, relief. So like Carter Hutton would be a million bucks. Um, anyway, with with regard to Skinner, yeah, he's like he's healthy. He's still producing chances. He's still among the league's best at drawing penalties. Someone just on Twitter last night was like, "Hey, like, have you ever guys looked into this?" And I always knew like he was good at drawing penalties, but he's like he's in the top fifty I think this year right now, and. And his penalty differential per 60 is harder to track because you have guys who haven't played as many games. But anyway, um, yeah, he's still drawing penalties, he's still creating chances. He's not finishing somehow. It's it's just it's insane to me. And like I'll go so far as to say, like, I don't love the idea of just falling back on that Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt trio. I think you need to try to be better than that. You need to, whether it's coming with new ideas, spreading a talent out, you can describe it any way you want. There's a lot of different things they could be doing short of just putting Skinner with Eichel and, and Reinhardt. But there's a reason the guy scored 40 goals two years ago. One of them is that his shooting luck was really good. I think he shot like 15, 16%. Yeah, I think he's like a 10, 12% career shooter. So obviously like luck was on his side as was playing with a, a player who just last year was receiving her trophy votes. So, you know, there is a difference between Jack Eichel and Curtis Lazar. It's not just that Curtis Lazar is outscoring him this season. Like, there's a talent difference and at some point you got to put talent with talent and see what comes out the other end. And so for a team that is so desperate to score a five on five and Jeff Skinner's maybe like best trait is five on five scoring. It's, it's right there for him to do. And I just don't know if I have a pretty good feeling that 
Ralph Kruger doesn't want to do it. Right. Well, and I know obviously hindsight's 2020 and everything. And, you know, we've talked about this at length. We're not even 20 games into the season and we're already talking about this, but I think that just, it, it shines a light on the fact that Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl, two big moves, but I don't think Kevin Adams had as good of an off season as people thought he did initially, because I, I will give him credit for that. I think that the Hall thing was for sure like Ralph and just having Jack plays a lot into that. And the stall trade, even though stall hasn't maybe looked as good as we were hoping. Um, I would still say though, that, that that's a great move. Like I'd make that move any day, like for just Johansson being the return on that. But with that being said though, you're now in a place where your only option is to play Skinner given how Ralph wants to do things is to play him with two guys who are in reality prior to this season, like fringe NHL guys. Yeah. And it hasn't helped that it hasn't helped the Tage Thompson isn't an age too. Tage yeah. not, absolutely you know yeah. you're absolutely right and again it's it's not having like an insurance plan for that to be able to have guys to insulate the bottom six of your lineup mm-hmm. it's like it's not like just well, they do have those players but they won't call them up <laughs> right exactly well yeah it's not like that's the that's like the thing it's not like we need to have jeff skinner attached to jack eichel's hip we don't need to do that we have seen and again like the analytics back it up that he is creating chances in line with his, as you had mentioned before, like league leading rates that he's had over the past five or so years, you know, like he's putting that up, but it gets to a point where it's like, we shouldn't have to settle for, for, and I apologize for your boy, but we shouldn't have to settle for Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheen. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, like they're not, the, the people they, yeah. who help get Jeff Skinner going, like there should no be question. more than that. Yeah. And like I, one other thing on like the, like his, the rates, the different things that he's done since he's entered the league, since his rookie year in 2010-11, he, this is just raw. This isn't on a per 60 basis or anything. He is the league leader in penalties drawn since 2010-11. He has 366 penalties drawn, number one in that time, um, which is crazy to think about. Like, he's just like, he's he's a play driver. He's a, he's pesky. Like, he does a lot of things that most old old school hockey guys would like too. So, you know, it, it but yeah, it's the, one other thing I, I, I would like to see happen. And it, again, if like, if you feel that Victor Olsen needs that babysitter with, with Eichel, um, then like, let's see Skinner with Egan, you know, put Skinner Egan and, and then give him, you know, give them another offensive winger. That's another thing that you could try that because again, like this is a, the difference between Kruger, what Kruger does and doesn't do and what, you know, need, kind of needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Egan in a more offensive role, as opposed to trying to be, Johan Larson is, you know, is, is a, a, would be a good solution. So. What about even Skinner with like Hall, honestly, I, I think I mentioned that we talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago. Interesting. I just wouldn't touch that second line. Well, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. They do make it's the one. It's like one of the few things working for them at even strength. I, I would keep rolling the dice there. So with the overall strategy this year, uh, it, it seems like it's not unlike last year. They they have a – luck aside, they still kind of have a bad uh, offensive attack. I think they're, they're – last I checked, they're fourth last in expected goals for and fourth in expected goals against in that they have a really good offense and really bad defense is the easiest way to put that. And obviously there's a, there's a bunch of different factors that go on top of – just your five on five expected goals. There's your ability to shoot the puck. If you have some more, more talent than other teams, your ability to stop the puck uh, and then special teams, obviously those are the main things and luck. 
and luck's not on their side. Special teams are better than they were last year, uh, but they're not that far away from they were, were they were in expected goals on both ends last year, and they're also not that far away from where they were goaltending wise. Mm-hmm. So I guess you just ask, is, if I remember correctly, you have a goaltending background. I do. Uh, so what do you think about the wisdom of using the strategy when you have two guys like Carter Hutton and Linus Allmark? And are we missing anything with those guys? Is there any talent with either of them that we are, are missing? Are they getting unlucky or are they as bad as they seem? I think Hutton's as bad as he seems at this point. He was never a great goaltender. And, you know, I was really nervous about them signing him as a free agent and, that Botterill got him at a pretty competitive rate made me feel better about the decision. I really thought he was going to be like a $4 million goalie mm-hmm. or more. And he was already on the wrong side of 30. That was, that could have been a really bad signing and it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, but no, he's not good. He's just not a good goalie. He's, he's too, he's too active. He's, he moves way too active in the crease, I think. And um, he's more of a battler. It just doesn't translate. I think Allmark's a quality goaltender. Is he a, legitimate top tier number one goalie no definitely not and you know he he probably needs a strong goalie to tandem with and you know I would hearken back to the days of the Miller Baron tandem I'm not comparing him directly to either one of those guys but you know that kind of that 1A 1B feel is is where he fits and he they don't have that right now um Tyler you know my podcast partner often references the fact that when he gets hot, he can be tremendous. Um, and we've, he's in a little bit of hot stretch right now. He's playing pretty good hockey for him, but when he gets, whether, I don't know if he loses his focus, he just says his preparation's not good. I don't know when he gets cold, he's very, very average. And, and it's, and that can be a, a real detriment to them. I think he's a nice, he's a nice piece. I I've always been a fan of his, so maybe I'm a little biased, but they certainly need another goaltender to play with him but um you know but to your to your larger question about their their goals for and goals against rate and all that like they can't finish that's been the story of the season you know last week when people were like oh Eichel's gonna get traded he wants out of here after the Islanders games like if he and Hall and Skinner were converting just like two percent higher in shooting wise they probably would have instead of being five seven and two they would have been seven five and two and it would just been like you just throw your hands up and like now they're just crappy again, big deal, uh, instead of, you know, the sky is falling. But the one thing I'll give Kruger credit for is, like, they're pretty good at playing low-event hockey. They don't get completely run out of the building most nights. They allowed 40 shots last night. But, you know, for the most part, they're pretty good at that. And there are too many coaches who can effectively do that. And, and, you know, Barry Trotz is obviously great at that. But um, obviously something's missing. There, there's there's a piece here that's just not connecting when it comes to the offense and finishing. and that was last. It's been the story since this rebuild started. They've they've always been in the bottom half of either goals against and goals for, um, you know, if not both of them, at least one of them. So it's just it's been the story of this group, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's that it is, and it's it's just interesting to me though that like, yeah, they they're getting unlucky. Uh, there's there's no question. Like the amount of posts that have been hit this year are unbelievable, but the fact that they're 28th in expected goals kind of strikes me as like like they're getting unlucky, but like they weren't be, they wouldn't be that good anyway. And obviously they, they have a good enough power play right now that it'd be like, okay, they wouldn't be 28th in goals scored with average luck. They'd be maybe 20th, mm-hmm. but like, that's not good with a great power play. That's kind of like the 16, 17 team, 
but with good defense. And right, yeah, and I just think there's there's probably a lot of factors at play there. I'm not like uh, I will say I'm not the world's biggest proponent of expected goals. I think it's still a little there's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of guesswork going into it, and, and that's a little surface level criticism. I, I, I there's a deeper conversation to be had about whether or not it's a good a good stat, but. So I don't love it if if it's you know it's kind of the new hotness right now. So at least from an informative perspective, I'll, I can give credence to it. Um, but yeah, I just it, it's it's a perplexing thing with these guys. And I mean, on, like I think back to some of the games I watched been watching this year, like like those Islanders games, for example. They're they just they play on the outside. You know, they I, I there there is something to be said at times for having guys who are going to get get in in tight and get into the dirty areas and. You know, they, they want to shoot from the point a lot. That is pretty apparent and pretty evident. They don't always have traffic. They don't always have guys cleaning up rebounds or getting tips. And, you know, we've seen the games when they've gotten tips, they score at least, if, if not win the games, um, you know, when they're, when they're creating traffic in front. But the games when no one's getting inside, no one's getting, getting into high danger areas, they're not winning the games and they're not scoring goals because if, you, if a goalie in this league sees the puck, he's going to stop it when the pucks, when the shots are coming from the tops of the circles and out, it's, you got to have a, you, you need, I mean, aside from Jack Eichel, I think Olsen and Jack Eichel are really probably two of the only guys in this team who could score from that er- those areas consistently um, because you just have to be such a good shooter. So yeah, they're, whether they're, whether this is a player issue and they're relying on their talent and they just think they're better than, than they are, I don't know, but it's been, it's, been a pretty systemic problem for them since since 1617 like you said all right chris well before we uh move on from the doom and gloom that is the buffalo sabers do you have any last thoughts on uh anything we've been talking about here to kind of wrap things up yeah so we ended our show last night when we recorded like it during the devil's game we were i was like we got like every show is just like so down down to the dumps like we got to get uh and a high note so like i'm gonna i'll i'll try to channel some positive energy on this team so like dylan cousins has been awesome and as wrong as i was about brendan montour being like i thought he was gonna be great and he kind of stinks um i feel pretty good about leading the dylan cousins train because not too many people wanted him to get drafted so that's been fun and and it seems like they got some guys in rochester like jack quinn seems like he might be a player Mm -hmm. like i don't know about i don't know how you guys felt about jack quinn like the little i've seen of him i'm like yeah like he's got some talent. Right. So like they just got to score some goals. Like it's, it sounds so basic and like silly just to be like, well, they just don't score, but that's it. Like Jack Eichel has like, who tweeted that? I forget who tweeted it today. I don't know if you guys saw the tweet. There's like the Sabres literally have three of the top five guys in posts hit this season. Yep. Yeah. Like it's just, it's an astonishing run of bad luck. And it's, I, I was arguing with someone like last week, I was like, it's very possible that, they don't get out of this rut. Like they just might be on a season long cold streak. It, it happens, mm-hmm. but the numbers would tell you that they should at least get a little better. Um, if not get back to normal level. So like, I'm just holding out that they at least have an entertaining product down the stretch and the opportunity of for Rasmus Dahlin to play like serious minutes and, and be an impactful player for them this season. Because I mean, I'm going to guess that Risto's out for at least a month. Right. So like he's going to be there on question number one for a few more weeks here. So I really hope they let him, they maybe take the reins off a little bit more than they already have. And, and he starts playing. So playing, playing the way he should. 
Right. So I, I have I have some hopes for some individuals, and I will say that I am relatively confident that they will end the season well enough that we won't have to endure an entire summer of Jack Eichel trade rumors. Interesting. So that'll be I'll give you a bold claim there that, that nice. it, like it won't that. be wow. that terrible. So we'll see. I I will say if I remember correctly, the only season that's really ended on like a decently high note aside from the tank season would be like 15, 16, where it was like, Oh, they, they finished better than they started. Yeah. This could be something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were wrong, but. And was that the season? Was that then the year when they, like they were one point out of the playoffs right before the, before the, the bye week. And then they came yeah. out. No, 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 no. That was, that was 16, 17. Yeah. yeah that was the, yeah. That, that's that season finished terribly. Right. Yeah. Um, but those two, but that's right. Cause yeah. Cause they were like decent. They were like 81 points or 82 points. 81. Yeah. They had, yeah. They, then, I believe pl- they had, they played at a, a 94 point pace in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like, and that was the summer. Like Biles was like, we're going to be a 90 point point five point team next year. And then they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and they signed Oposo and they got right. worse. What yeah. are you going to do? Uh, oh, terrible. But anyway, uh, before we close out here today, I, I do have a, a quiz. Uh, for both of you guys to, to kind of compete with each other. Uh, this is uh, in honor of Chris. I got a goalie centric quiz. Okay, great. It's uh, this is, I don't think it's too hard of a quiz. So I think most of the answers should be right, but there's not a twist, but kind of a little extra element to the game. So the, the quiz will be on the, the leading, uh, the leader in all time wins for every franchise's uh, goalie leader in all time goaltending wins. I don't know why I said that in such a clunky way. Okay. So, so franchise leader in wins. Yes. And, okay. So I'll go one by one in alphabetical order, uh, but you also, if you want, you can, not if you want, you'll, you'll definitely want to do this. Try to get their wins within 25 okay. and you get a second point. <laughs> All right. You get a second point. And if you don't get one or other, the opponent can steal both. So for example, I'll say, Brendan, who is the, uh, Bishop time in St. Jude high school, all time leader in wins. And then Brendan says me with 50, <laughs> I'd say, no, you only had 24. So Chris can steal. I wouldn't say you only had 24, but I would say, Chris, you can steal. Okay. And you could try to get within 25 for the all time. So, the person, so even if I guess correct then, but if I get the second guess wrong, Chris can still get a point if he's within 25. Yes. So this is like family feud. Oh. Yeah. But, there's no rule about going – well, no, no that's Price is right about going over, I believe. Mm. But, yes, anyway, yeah. So, anyway, uh, I'll, since Chris like, is our guest, I'll let him go first. What was that, Brandon? This makes you like Steve Harvey then, in a way. Yeah, do I have to say sexually explicit stuff to get extra <laughs> points? <laughs> yeah. It's People compare my mustache to Steve Harvey's mustache. but. Um, oh, man. So, I'll start uh, with Anaheim. Who do you think Anaheim's all-time leader is? J.S. Jaguar. Okay, and what do you think uh, his win total is? I'll go with 289. Okay, that's not within 25. Brendan, would you like to guess what his win total is? 300. No, it's actually 206. No, I should have went the other way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he ended up getting benched for Hiller later in his career. Mm. All right, but Brendan, your team is Arizona. Which I well I should pause real quick. That's what I was it's about his to franchise history. So franchise all the all the way back. Oh boy. Um, so that's then too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um. That's for every team, by the way. Yeah. No, that's a that's a tough one. 
I don't know if this is right, but is it Mike Smith? No. Felt like he was there forever. Yeah. All right, Chris, do you want to steal? Nikolai Habibulin. No. Uh, both wrong. It's actually Ilya Brzgalov with 130 wins. Oh man! No way. Briz hit. Wow. No I was stunned. Yeah. I would. I would have thought it was someone at some point in the past would have had more than that. That's not well, that many. Happy Bulin spanned both. You know, both franchises too. I thought for sure, and he got yeah. a few playoff berth. So yeah. Well, yeah. Interesting. Um, next, uh, Chris is Boston. Man, Tuka's got to be up there at this point, right? They've been around forever, but I guess I'll go Tuka. Tuka time? That's correct. Would you like to guess his wins? 187. No, not within 25. Brendan, would you like to guess? Mm, Yes, I would. Um, You said 185. I'm going to go 200. No, it's 298. Oh, wow. It had to be in the 200s, but yeah. Good Lord. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, so, Brendan, yours is, and this is an easy one, Buffalo. That would be Mr. Ryan Miller. That's correct. Would you like to guess his wins? Yeah. Um, let's go 275. All right, you're within. It's 284. All right, Chris, Calgary. Mike Vernon. No. Hmm. Brendan, would you like to steal? Mika Kiprasov? That's correct. Would you like to guess his uh, his win total? Sure. How about um, 175? No. So... Since that started as Chris's, there's no steal opportunity for the win total, uh, but it is 305. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Chris. Wait, no, this would be Brendan's turn now. Brendan. Mm. Carolina. Ugh. Um, I know, right? Is it Camp Ward? Yep. I hate it. Thanks. That- yep. I don't like it. Uh, uh, how many wins would he have? I'll say I'm going to go 175 again. No. Uh, Chris, would you like to steal that? 219? No. Shockingly, he has 318 wins. Wow. And he has been, he was there forever, but yeah. yeah he's definitely stuck around. Um, Chris, Chicago Blackhawks, another old franchise. Well, Crawford, I'm going to say Tony O. Esposito? Yep. Okay. Yep. Would you like to guess his wins? 275. No, uh, you're correct on him, uh, but Brendan, would you like to guess the wins? 325. No, uh, 418. God damn. Yeah. I believe he was, he was, I think, within the past 20 years, it was second all time. And was obviously uh, quite a few yeah, guys. Passed yeah. Him. Wait. What was that number again? Four eighteen. It might have been. Yeah, that might have been what. Never mind. I think. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think because he wasn't. Was definitely ahead of him. Yeah. At some point, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh. Now, Brendan, uh, Colorado next. Oh. 
Um, I, I'm worried that I'm going to think this is a layup and it's not, but I'm going to go Patrick Wah. Yeah, you're correct. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to do wins? Yeah. Um, well, he had a boatload with, with Montreal, so it wouldn't – got to keep that in mind. I'll go – he wasn't there super long. Um, how about uh, 250? Correct. 262. Let's go. Okay. All right. uh, I would have definitely just said his career wins without thinking and (laughs) that's way too high. (laughs) Um, Columbus. Who was there longer? I think I might. It's either going to be Pascal LeClaire or Bob. Give me Pascal Leclerc. Let's let's see if I I'll take a shot in the dark on Pazzy there. No, incorrect, yeah. Brendan. I don't even know if oh man, I might be galaxy braining this because it's a it's a guy. Um, is it Mark Denise? Both wrong. Shit. Is it Steve Mason? No, fellas, it's the two-time okay. Fesna winner. Okay. It's Bob Rowski. Oh, he wasn't there that long. I, I don't wow. know. It's actually, it's actually by quite a bit, too. But you got to think about this. He's the only guy that was ever good. Like, the only time they were ever good was with him. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I thought yeah. I was longevity, with, but that wouldn't make sense. Wow. Yeah, All 213 right. he had. Nah. All right. Uh, so, Brendan, Dallas. Ooh. Which I don't know if this is an important clarification. This is Dallas and Minnesota North Stars. So, like, even though there's that weird merger, this does yeah. not carry any Cleveland Barons or California Golden okay. Seals history, if you were wondering. Neither of those teams were good enough for that to, to matter. <laughs> no. I know Brennan's a big seal head. I'm a huge, so. huge fan of the Golden Seals, baby. Bring them back. Um, I'm going to go oh, – I, I have two in my head. Is it Marty Turco? That's correct. Would you like to guess the wins? Uh Two fifty. Again, you're right. It's it's a two sixty two. So the second time you've had a two sixty two. You know who's second on that list? No, I didn't look. I would assume Belfour. I would also assume Belfour. He was there a decent amount of time, and they they they're not their goaltending history is not great. Sparkling. Maybe John Casey might be there over Belfour, but Mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, Detroit. Hmm. My gut says Chris Osgood, but I'm feeling I'm questioning my logic. Let's go with Chris Osgood. Uh, incorrect. Okay. Brendan, do you want to steal? I was literally going to say him too. So it's going to be like Bauer or oh, one, of, one of those greats. This is really tough. Um, it's got to be pre-expansion. Like, I, I know, yeah. I and I don't. I can't think of any names. Like nothing's coming to mind right now. Can I just guess the win total? <laughs> <laughs> and could that count as a point and not guess the person? 
Oh, you got to have the person first. Or someone's got to have the person first. All right. Uh, oh, boy. I'm honestly going to pass. I don't know. I really don't know. All right. Uh, well, it's Terry Sawchuck by 350. Shit. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, Brendan, it's your turn here. It's Edmonton. Grand Fear? That's correct. Would you like to guess the win total? Mm-hmm. 3.25. No. Chris, would you like to steal that? Yeah. Um, 3.65. No, actually, it's 2.26. Wow. Yeah. Lower than I would have thought, too. Well, he was there for a while. That's, yeah. Yeah. Strange because they they were winning constantly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Very weird. All right, uh, Chris, Florida. Roberto Lalongo. That's correct. Would you like to guess his win total? Um, two twelve. Oh, you're within twenty five. It's two thirty. Okay. Good stuff. Right, that, was, that was good. I only got a double dip, man. That was yeah that was rough for a minute there. <laughs> All right, Brendan, L.A. Jonathan Quick? That's correct. Win total? Uh, boy, he's been there forever now. Um, 275. Oh, Chris, would you like to steal? 234. He's actually at 330. Wow. So, yeah. Guys racking up the wins. All right. Uh, Chris, Minnesota. Mm, yeah, Manny Fernandez. Yeah. Dubnik wasn't there long enough, I don't think. Let's go Manny Fernandez. Ah, incorrect. Brendan? Damn, he would have been my first choice, too. Um, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark because I don't know specifically how long he was there, but I feel like it was for a few years, and I don't, and it's not like they've been. No, actually, no, I don't know if I want to do him. Um, I was going to say Dwayne Rollison. I'll just go with that because he was there for a little bit. Was it him? No, it was uh, Nicholas Backstrom. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, damn it. it All right. Yeah. Brendan, now that you have one of the greatest goaltending teams, not to say one of the greatest goaltending team of all time, the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, Jesus. Oh no. Um This is gonna just be like process of elimination for you, Chris, once I get this wrong. Is it Patrick Waugh? No. Yep. I believe it's Carrie Price. That's correct. No way, really. Yeah. It tells you a lot about the uh the shootout, the overtime win. Wow. He's been there since two thousand five. He's been there forever. Oh yeah, God. I thought yeah. it would have been like an old school guy. I guess that's a great point. Yeah, he really has been there forever. Wow. Yeah. Crap. Do you have a, a guess on the win total? It's like it's like three. Is he in the threes? I'm pretty like three eighteen. Oh my God, you got it so close to the the twenty five, but not quite. Yeah. It's three fifty three. Ah. But you did draw with closer to Brendan there, so that's good. Uh, what are you rooting for him? Well, I just like a competitive game here, bud. If we're wondering on the score here right now, it's nine to six, Brendan. Um, 
So, Chris, it is your turn, and it's Nashville. Pekka Renee? Yep. All right. And what do you think the total is? Well, he's been there forever, too. He's been there since, like, 08, right? So, mm-hmm. 312. Uh, close again, but it's uh, 364. So just outside the range. All right. Brendan, New Jersey. Um, not the easy ones, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that was that was a slam dunk. What do you think the What do you think the win total was? Um, God, he's got to have a shitload. Um, four ninety. Mm. No, Chris, would you like to steal this? It's in, I think it starts with a six. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, WA finished with 552. So give me 630. Oh, man. It's actually 688. Mm. 688, huh? Wow. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, the New York Islanders. Well, it's not the wreck. <laughs> um, Are you sure? Billy Smith. That's correct. Would you like to guess the win total? Two, two forty-one. Incorrect. Uh, Brendan, would you like to try to steal that? Sure. Um, said two forty-one. I'll go two sixty. No, it's actually three hundred four. Oh, damn. I should have went higher then. All right, Brendan, you have the New York Rangers. Hey, go, no, wait, wait. Let me think about this. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hank. Good call. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you thought about that. Dramatic. I was thinking Mike Richter for a second, if that would have, like, mm. but Hank had nope. been there forever. So, yeah. What do you think the win total is? I'm going to go... Ooh, why do I feel like I actually recently saw something with his win total? Um, I'm going to go 400. No, Chris, would you like to steal that? Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, four, oh, five in that neighborhood. Jeez. He said, yeah, four, four feels like a pretty decent guess there because he's, he won 30 games every year. 435. You are in the range by one. It's 459. Damn it. <laughs> so you're getting closer there. It's 11 to nine here with a few teams left. And it's your call, Chris. Now it's uh, Ottawa. Okay. Ray. Ray Emery. Uh, incorrect. Oh. Brendan. Um, hmm. Oh, I know the answer to this. Uh, how could I leave him out? Who is it? I did, no, I'm sure. <laughs> um, you might know him. I feel like I should. Um, for Ottawa. Um, 
this is definitely wrong, but I'm just going to go for Is it Craig Anderson? No, you're right. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, would you like to guess the goal total or the win total? Uh, 225. And you're within the range. It's 202. That was huge for you. Boom. Uh, so, Chris, were you thinking him or were you thinking who I was thinking? I was no, I was thinking Anderson. Uh, he was he was there suspiciously a long time, and none of their goalies have been very good, including Patrick Lallem. So that's who I was thinking yeah. before I looked this up. And I was it's funny because I when you said you know him, Brendan pretends to be friends with Patrick Lallem. Oh. I don't pretend. <laughs> I don't pretend. No, Taylor's brother and I are very good friends with Patrick Lallem. We have a picture with him while we were sitting next to him while he was on the bench during the game that we went to a few years back against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, so you guys spent like an hour together. We were we yeah. were very close, to be honest. He sends me pictures of his kids. You know, <laughs> I send him updates of what I'm doing when I'm sitting around doing nothing. You know, we keep in touch. Big That's nice. Pat, yeah. Pat he's a big, yeah. he's an avid listener of the show too. All, All right, right. <laughs> such a good friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Uh, another uh, franchise known known for its goaltending prowess. It's the Philadelphia Flyers. Ooh. Uh, is this an easy one i don't know it might no i don't um shit man i don't know i mean they were rotating goalies like it was going out of style for a bit um well, they couldn't at least land on one. Um, I know this is wrong. I'm just going to throw his name out there because I can't think of anybody else. And also just to, to give him a shout out, but Roman Czechmanic. And <laughs> what a king. Absolutely not. <laughs> Chris, would you like to steal? Yeah. Bernie Perron. <laughs> Those are, uh, that's, uh, that's a good guess. That's who I would have thought it, but it's actually Hextall. Hextall? Yeah. Oh, Hextall. Oh, holy shit. Um, I don't regret Roman Czechmanic for a second. Yeah, <laughs> that's great uh chris <laughs> penguins oh, mark andre Fleury. that's correct you want to guess the win total yeah 303 uh incorrect brendan do you want to uh venture a guess there i'm right uh 350 exactly within 25 it's 375 mm-hmm. oh, wow all right, uh, and now uh, we're moving on to San Jose, Brendan. Of getting to Bakov? Yes. Do you want to guess his total? Let's go like 175. No. Chris, do you want to steal? 344. No, it's actually 293. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, uh, Chris, St. Louis. Mike Louis. That is a great call. I feel like that should be five points on its own. Am I right? <laughs> yes. All right. Wow. Yeah. That, that's the one I, I think about all of these. I think I would not have gotten. But uh, do you want to guess the win total? Yeah, 269. Not within the range. Brendan, oh. would you like to guess? Mm, 240? No. The. St. Louis Blues, who have existed for 53 seasons, all-time leading goaltender has 151 wins. Wow. Yeah, how about that? We were in the JV division for a while there, so. 
It's true. What do you mean the North Division this year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, now, Brendan, Tampa Bay. Damn. Um, oh, man, this is tough. I'm between two. I'm, oh, God, I, I know it doesn't even matter which one I say because it's going to be the, it's going to be wrong. It's going to be the other one that I'm thinking, I'm sure. But I kind of want to believe that given the recent success, maybe it's Andre Veslevsky. Correct. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Do you want to guess the win total? Mm, hasn't been around for that long. 150. Uh, you're within the range too. It's 169. Cool. All right. Uh, so Chris, I think you're kind of still in this, but uh, it's obviously. I'm, not, I'm uh, like the bills right now. I'm in the yeah. hunt. But not you're really. in the hunt. You're within six. So this is do or die time. Oh, yeah. And uh, your team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Cujo. Incorrect. Brendan, you want to guess? Great guess. Oh, man. Um, Toronto. I don't actually know. Who is it? Turk, Turk Broda with 304 wins. Would have gotten it wrong anyways. Cool. All right, uh, Brendan, you have Vancouver. Also, Roberto Luongo. That's correct. You want to guess his win total there? Uh, two fifteen. Not in the range, Chris. Do you want to guess that? Two seventy. No, two seventy-five. Yep, you're in the range. It was 252. Good stuff. All-time leader for two franchises. All right, now, Chris, uh, Vegas. Also Marc-Andre Fleury. That's right. That's right. That's two, the only two goalies who uh, lead two franchises. Do you want to guess his win total? Yeah, it's like, when do they come in this year? They were 2017 they came into the Yeah, he's got to have, like, uh. I'll give him... 94. 99, so you're in the range. Wow, good guy. All right. Brendan, Washington. Only the goalie. That's correct. Win total? Uh, 300. 301, very close. Wow. Cool. All right, so that's it. So there's, I had a tiebreaker here that was Winnipeg. Do you guys want to guess Winnipeg? Kari Lettinen? No, Brendan. Love that guess. Love that. Uh, Hallibuck? That's correct. Yeah, Hallibuck. Brendan, you won. I mean, you already won, but yeah. Hallibuck was the answer. He had 156 wins. So yeah, that's it. That's the all-time leading goalie wins. Nice. Everyone's favorite stat to measure a goalie by. Yeah, very reliable stat. <laughs> As you can tell. But uh, yeah. 
All anyway. right. Well, Chris, first and foremost, thank you for joining us, my friend. Great. Yeah, no doubt. Back on. Uh, before we actually sign off, you want to give one last quick plug for where people can find uh, find you on Twitter, online? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, website's twointheBox.com. Twitter is at 2ITB underscore Buffalo. Um, the podcast, the Instagram podcast, we usually release once a week. Use our Manscaped code if you're going to buy Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that's uh, that's where you find me. So, very nice, very nice. Well, once again, thanks for coming on. We're looking forward to having you on again. I'm sure we'll have you again this season. Plenty to to talk about, good or bad, either way. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Before we go, yeah. Do we want to do the uh, our random savers player of the week before we go? Yeah, I was actually going to do our quick little outro with uh, with some promos really quick. Well, first of all, everybody, this episode and uh, all of the Hockey Podcast Network content that you have been listening to over the past couple or month or so, whatever it's been, is presented by DraftKings. We're excited to be working with them now. We're actually in the midst of another battle uh, trying to just give away free stuff. So right now, all you have to do is go on our Twitter, at Straight Sabres, check us out, Straight Up Sabres, and retweet our pinned tweet. Make sure you're following us and make sure you're following the Hockey Podcast Network and that enters you in for a chance to win a free jersey. Uh, we've been telling everybody Sabres jersey, but in reality, if you're a Sabres fan, but you're like, you know what? I want to get an Anaheim jersey. You could do that too. Whatever you want to do. If, but I mean, getting a Sabres one, I guess would be nice. But if you don't want to waste your money, that's okay too. But actually you're getting it for free. So whatever you want to do. Anyways though, DraftKings, make sure you go check it out on our Twitter account. Um, again, if we get the most retweets out of all of our partner or fellow shows on the hockey podcast network, uh, then we get to choose a winner, which we will do at random. So make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're checking out the hockey podcast network and our fellow shows as well. As I mentioned before, 31 teams, 31 shows, the one-stop shop for all things NHL. Uh, also make sure you're checking out our co-presenter Buffalo fanatics, as we've been saying, Things are starting to heat up more and more with the Bills offseason. Just today, I don't know if you guys saw this, there was an NFL.com article that said it was like five trade predictions that we'd like to see, and one of them was McCafferty from, uh, to Buffalo from the Panthers. Um, sure, that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> but make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics. They're talking about that and so much more, what we're going to do in the draft, what we're going to do in free agency. So make sure you're checking them out, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check them out online on their website. Also make sure you're checking out Two in the box uh, and, and supporting Chris and throwing him a follow. And also one last shout out too that I want to just uh, put out there. We were talking about Kevin and TJ before. They actually just started their own podcast called Between Two Rebuilds. Uh, it's going to be just hard hitting Sabres content with none of the Sabres talk. So make sure you're checking that out. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm assuming it's not a big deal, but yours truly, I will be on actually coming up uh this week or tomorrow night or well for you guys tomorrow night but friday night i'm going to be recording an episode with them talking about uh one of my favorite bands and so i'll, I'll leave it at that so make sure you're checking them out though they just launched on uh on twitter and instagram and of course they're broadcasting that or streaming that wherever you listen to podcasts as well they just put out the first episode so make sure you're checking that out in any event, though, that gets through my rambling, ranting of, of all the things you need to check out. So now it is time for our random Sabres player of the episode. Chris, I think when you were on last, we were doing it where we could all say it at the same time. We've since changed it up so that everybody can properly honor whatever random Sabres player that you are thinking of right cool. now. If you'd like to go first, you're more than welcome to. If not, I will pass it off to Taylor. It's your show. You guys go ahead. All right, Taylor, who do you got for today? All right, in the in the spirit of uh, the goalie theme, I'll go with an underrated uh, former Saber, Ty, Ty Conklin. Ooh, okay, I like that, Ty Conklin. Very nice. Well, then, if we're gonna 
do that, then I'm also going to go with a former Sabres goalie and say Steve Shields for my random Sabres player of the episode. Nice. Chris, who you got? I'll do a goalie and Peter Scudra. Ooh, there we go. That's a hot one to end Very with. Very good Sabres. Look him up. It's maybe one of the best Sabres trivia questions you can find. So, All right, everybody. You have your homework okay. now before uh, or after giving this a listen. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it, as always. Again, a huge thank you to Chris Ostrander for coming on and joining us. Make sure you're checking out the show and checking out all the other shows that we had talked about under the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics Umbrella. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Straight Up Sabres.